That's improv, bitch. Improv, bitch. I mean, after all, you're nerds. Improv. Nerds. Improv. Nerds. Improv. Nerds. Welcome, I'm Jimmy Crane, and this is Improv Nerd, the podcast where we get up close and personal with some of the improv's biggest icons. Some people are now comparing this podcast to Inside the Actor's Studio with James Lipton, except, of course, Lipton doesn't get to perform with his guests. I want to say I disagree. I think Lipton is always performing. Anyways, I take this as a compliment. We got a great podcast for you today. Our guest is Dave Pasquese. If you haven't seen Dave, he's half the team of TJ and Dave, one of Improv's uh, longest running shows. We sat down and talked to him about his relationship with TJ, how many bad shows they've had together, and his love of Italy. Did you know that, that we looked up to you? I did not. That's yes. Nice and we had nice Noah Gregoropoulos. Uh-huh. Do you know Noah? And Noah said the one person that he he still wants the approval from when he performs is you. Huh. Yes. <laughs> I didn't think I'd be this uncomfortable right from Are you the start. uncomfortable? Yeah. Are you really? Yeah. What's uncomfortable about it? Just compliments. Okay. I, I, can, I can wheel it back. That'd be great. Okay, great. Um, but you know, Dave, the thing is that I've always respected is that you have this balance. Like, You've stayed here, and I don't know if that's the reason. You've stayed here in Chicago. You could have gone to L.A. You seem to make a priority. It, 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 was that a conscious choice with, with your with your sons? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I like it here. I hate it there. Okay. I was just there last week to remind myself. You go just to remind yourself. Just to remind myself. Most of the time, I made it all the way this time. I bought a ticket that uh, returned. It lasted a week, usually. I, and I made it all the way until the flight. Usually I, I'm out there and like two days later I bail uh-huh. <laughs> and I have to change my ticket and come home early because I just, I really don't care for it. Now, did you stay, did you stay, is it because you didn't care for it or is it because you wanted to give your, your sons a quality well, of life? Well, okay. well, it was never a decision whether or not they'd go out there. Okay. Um, if I got work, I'd stay out there or whatever. Uh-huh. And I did work and I, I went back and forth and stuff like that, but I never had any uh, desire to move them out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, I don't think they would have wanted it. They mm-hmm. came out to visit, and they, they are, they're sensible kids. They hated it. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the, the, the Italian question, you love Italy. I, I do. What is it about Italy that you love? Because even back when you first started, you were always going there and stuff like that. I went to school there uh-huh. in 1982. Mm-hmm. Um, in, that's, yeah, 1900s. Um, and, I, uh, uh, and that's where I met Joel. We Joel were, Murray. Yeah, we were roommates over there, and we ended up... Uh, um, and uh, I went to four to five different colleges, and uh, um, the only people I keep in touch with are the ones that I went to Rome with, and I keep in touch with an awful lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it was just a wonderful experience, and I loved Rome. I, I really, I don't have relatives in Rome. I have relatives up north, but uh, I, I really love Rome, and that's why that's where we go. Because you grew up in Lake Bluff, I grew up in Kenilworth. Mm-hmm. Not known for, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not known for like identifying with their ethnicity. Right. But you seemed to like, what was it, was your dad really 
it, well, my, my grandfather was an immigrant. Okay. And uh, my dad grew up in Highwood. Okay, which was oh, a big it, Italian... R- right. It was yeah. where, and also, specifically, this region in Italy, where my family's from, there was like a pipeline mm-hmm. because of the Moraine Hotel. The manager of the Moraine Hotel hired a bunch of these guys mm-hmm. and because they were good workers, and they liked having a job. So there was, there was a lot... Highwood is specifically heavily populated with the, the region of Italy where my family's from. So, uh, and then, you know, I, I don't know, I just, I really, uh, we didn't grow up speaking Italian or anything like that. My, you know, we, my dad learned Italian in college. His parents wouldn't speak it at home. And uh, uh, I don't know, I just really, I, I went there and really enjoyed it. And your, your dad was, was an attorney, right? He was. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the, the thought of like being a performer, was that ever in anyone's DNA in the Pasquese? No, no, no. Okay. Nope. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, yeah, up until uh, uh, yeah, my mom. Always, I still think you'd make a great lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> what was dinner time like at the Pasquese? It was household? a pretty good time. Okay. Yeah, it was fun. It was uh, Ma was pretty funny, and um, in what way? She was truly funny. She okay. was a, a bright lady and had a great sense of humor. And uh, um, we too hate. People love hating, right? Uh, and so, so there would there would be that, and uh, just it was just a good time. I have two older brothers, and it was uh, a lot of fighting and joking around. It was fun. And your mother and your brother actually got you then into improv. Yes. How, how did that happen? So my brother was in law school, and I Tom, Tom right? Right. Okay. I do some research. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tom was uh, was in law school, and he wanted to, he went to a couple. He wanted to go to an improv class, so he feel more comfortable in front of people. My mom insisted that I tag along with him, and then, uh, so I did. I wasn't doing fucking anything. Uh, what were you like then? Were you kind of like lost? Kind of, yeah, kind of a degenerate. Uh-huh. A uh, lot of drugs kind of thing? Yeah, maybe. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot, yet not enough. Right. Uh, um, and so I went, and I went to that class, and I'd never been on stage before in my life, and this is... Uh, I was probably 21 at the time, and I just w- really took to it like a, a duck to water. And I had a great teacher uh, by the name of Judy Morgan, so I was taking these classes. I just really loved it. I uh, and then I read that book, Something Wonderful, right away, and I realized who my teacher is. She was in one of the, the one of those companies at Second City, uh, one of those great companies, and she was in it was uh, Judy Morgan. Um, Belushi, John Belushi, John Belushi, Joe Flaherty, uh, Brian Doyle Murray, and Harold Ramis. And so she was, you know, I'm like, wow, that's she's upstairs. Right. Um, so she was just wonderful, and, and I, I I enjoyed that, and that, so I continued doing that for a while while I was still going to school at the time. Did did your did your studying at Loyola uh, did that suffer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, but I, I I muddled through. I finished up doing. I was doing all right by that time. Um, and uh, and I made it through that, but never I never had the idea that that was something you could do for a, a job. Mm-hmm. I just never really thought of that. What do you think it was that your mother thought that? Oh, Dave, tag along with Tom to the. I don't. She always thought that I might do well at something like that. She always did. Um, and then you meet Del Close. Right. So and then I so I stopped doing that. I go to Italy. Joel and I uh, become roommates over uh-huh. there. We come back. We start goofing off a little bit, and then we both 
he hears of Dell Del starting to teach classes. Dell Close, the legendary guru. And Joel's big brother is Bill Murray, and so he gets advice from him, go find this Dell guy, and uh, so we do. And Where did you find him then? At, at Cross Currents. Okay, which is no longer there. Right. Um, I drove past it today. I know, it's just leveled. It's the, uh, yeah, it's yeah. the station. Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, Hopefully there's some rats still. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah they remember. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so we went to that class. We had to audition to get into class, and, uh, and I guess we did all right. And, um, and sh- uh, so that's when Dell was starting to develop this long-form improvisation for audiences rather than just to develop material, a long-form improvisation called The Herald, and we happened to be there we happened to be the group that he was using, to which develop. was Baron's Barracudas, which right. was a little, bef- just a little before my time. Mm-hmm. And you, what was it like? Develop, I mean, the process of developing the Herald back then. We were up in a classroom upstairs. We weren't performing at the mm-hmm. time. We were just trying to come. He was coming up with this structure to um, make it easier for us to be more successful regularly, rather mm-hmm. than just like, I wonder if this is going to suck, because <laughs> uh, there's enough of that. Um, and so, uh, so we, it, he did. He developed this structure where it's loosely, it's you know, some beginning, wherein you uh, an improv, you get a theme, and then everybody talks about that a little bit, and then that's it. That's all you get to work with, just what everybody said. And you start doing these scenes, and then you do some group game, and then some of those scenes come back, not all of them. And you do another group thing, and then those scenes come back again, and then that's the end. Were the game part of it, was that held over from Shepard's Improvisation? I suppose it was, those okay. group games, yeah, because there was some fucked up games. I hated that, those Yeah, games. I hated, I hated them It was so How about a hot spot? Oh, okay. yeah. How uh, about the cafeteria one oh, where yeah. you go by and you... Uh, right. I yeah. mean, that's yeah. like... Or machine. Oh, Jesus. that's a game? Uh, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, those were... When right. I write the book, it's not going to... When you... Aren't you being interviewed for a book? I, I think we should say it, machine was never a game. No, You was, can't call it a game. No, and then you step... Yeah, Okay. those were... Yes, those seemed to be laid on rather mm-hmm. than organic. The rest of it's so organic. organic. And then there's this like uh, right. ham-fisted shoehorning of, yeah. For those who, that means none of this. Right, right, okay. yeah. We can edit all that out for the podcast. Cause, oh, okay. they didn't oh, there's see, a podcast. Yes, yes. That's international. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Because people, people who are listening to the podcast aren't going to see you Oh, I made a I made a fist fucking motion. Great. Are we not allowed to this? It's a podcast. Okay. There's no there's okay. no rules or regulations. No. How was Dell back then? Because I think like everyone had a different experience with Dell. It's like it's like being uh, coming from a family of like twelve kids, and the, the oldest has a different experience than the youngest. Mm-hmm. What was your experience with him? Uh, great. It okay. really was great, and I knew him in a bunch of different aspects. I ended up uh, be, I was a student, and then we ended up acting in a show together. Uh-huh. We were fellow actors, and we wrote and performed a show together, and then I ended up even, uh, he asked me to help him out when he'd shoot certain things. and it was re- So it was wonderful. Always wonderful. He was a great guy. Uh, and Kazarinsky talks about it, too. He's like, yeah, I had a different Dell than right. you did. And TJ and said... TJ did, too. I don't think TJ got right. much out of him. He wasn't, right. I guess he wasn't into it at the time. But when I was uh, studying with Dell and working with Dell, he was just, uh, he was into it, and so it was wonderful. Could you get close to him yeah, as a person? Of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I really did. I mean, he came up to my house and for barbecues and shit uh-huh. like that. Um, How was he with the kids? Oh, he's great. He's okay. great. He's great with the kids. Okay. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> there's a story in, in Kim Howard Johnson's book where he comes over to your house. Uh-huh. Do you remember this story? I don't know which story. And he says be. something about to, to one of your sons or he doesn't like kids or something like that and you... 
you were hurt by that or something? Yeah, it was, I wasn't in the room at the okay. time. Okay. Uh, and he started giving shit to one of my kids. Uh, and he, my kid was like four. <laughs> and this old fuck is giving him shit. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, he goes, like he said, I don't, I wasn't there, but I think he said something like, you're going to hell or something like that. It was a dinner party. Right. He, so it was like Christmas or something. You uh, I don't know if it, okay. maybe it was some holiday you had invited. Him. Maybe it was. Okay. There was a lot of people. There was people there. My wife and I were both out of the room to get shit to bring to him. You know, like that. <laughs> so, uh, so, and he says something like that. And my kids like, uh, or you're evil, or you're going. To, I forget what it was. And my kids like, mm, at four, no. <laughs> that was cool. Uh, but yeah, no, I didn't have much to do with him after that. that I thought that was pretty shitty. Um, you've been doing TJ and Dave for seven years. Has it been seven years? Oh, it has been ten years. Are you kidding me? I'm not. It'll be ten years coming up sometime this spring. And at the top of the show... Nine and a half. Nine and a half years. You don't ask for a suggestion. That's correct. How did that come about? I decided... I, we were talking about it, and we were just like, we don't want to ask for a suggestion. Because uh, the thing... I think that one of the things is... One of the reasons that you ask for a suggestion is so that the audience knows that it's not made up. But they know. Um, because just because you ask for a suggestion, it can be not made up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, we're going to do our scene anyway, and at some point we're going to mention whatever the fuck you said. Uh, <laughs> so it doesn't, it doesn't ensure that it's improvised. It's so it, there has to be a certain amount of trust. And so we just, that's what we ask them to do with us. Just but there's people, when I saw the documentary or a clip of the documentary, there's people that come up to you and go, is that scripted, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, there's part people that are confused, but there's all yeah. people that are confused. Yeah, there's always people that are confused, right. Right. Oh, even if you ask for a suggestion, See, they'll say, oh, man, you, you just made that up and you, you uh, shoehorned it in. Right. He's, again, <laughs> just for the podcast, Dave was making the fist motion. I don't know where it was going, but that's... Uh, now, you're a really accomplished actor. You, That's nice Dave, of you to say. Dave, you're very accomplished. I would, I would take half your credit. I would take a quarter of your credit. Um, and you've, you've done movies, you've done TV. What do you like about doing TJ and Dave that you can't get from doing film and television? Are you kidding? You get to yes. say whatever you want, mm-hmm. however you want, and you get to play whoever you want. That's... Uh, that's pretty great. You don't get to do that anywhere else. And if somebody said, okay, Dave, we're going to give you any amount of money, TV kind of money, you could do whatever you wanted creatively, what would you do? I'd put TJ and Dave on the air in a one-hour show, unedited. <laughs> That's what I'd do. No one would watch it. That's what I would do. <laughs> what have you learned from working with TJ to make, that's made you a better performer? Well, I think, uh, well, he's real good, so it's, that's one thing that I've learned. Boy, get up there with people who are really good. Um, and honestly, I, I, I think that's important to get, uh, to work with people who are similarly motivated, mm-hmm. like uh, the kinds of, interested in the same kinds of, in this case, improvisation, you know. Um, and uh, just, what have I learned working with him? I, um He's just really good, and he's real... I guess one of the main things is the idea that um, there should be an understanding of compassion under it all that has to be established rather than just understood. We have to establish that as opposed to just, oh, we know everybody's, everybody loves each other fundamentally. No, we have to establish that, and then 
then then we're allowed to do whatever we want. Here's my observation. Okay. Watching you with TJ, you're more playful. Is it? Would you say that's a true assessment? How do you mean? The, oh, that I that I'm. You more are more now? playful. You're much more playful. Yes. There's a seriousness about you. Would you agree to that? I don't know. Um, I guess there. I guess it is, but I, I think you know this is the only time I've ever done this kind of thing. So if you're allowed. To, the only time I've ever done two-person thing. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're doing like group stuff, you, your functions are different. What's required of you may be different, or what I perceive is required of me, mm -hmm. my function or role within the group might. I might view that as differently. But in this, I, I don't have those roles. So. So do the roles keep switching? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes I, you know, it, depending upon what's happening, sometimes one of us is the more serious one, or whatever's needed, whatever's required. So, do you think that with with, with the t uh, you get a chance to be more playful because he'll take a yeah right, and also it's not so set when you're working with a group. Usually, okay, here's the guy that does all the walkthroughs. Here's the guy that does that plays the, the, the straight man. Yeah, or the plays the straight man, or plays the oh, this is the crazy guy. Right, uh, you know, and they're not gonna. They're not going to change because that's kind of who they are, you know, like um, Joe Liss. Right. Right? Joe Liss is great, wonderful. Great, great character guy. Absolutely wonderful. Uh -huh. So that's not needed when Joe Liss is around. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so. Do you think you could ever go back to an ensemble? Oh, sure. It, okay. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you get so much stage time. It's got to be so much fun, you know? It is. It is. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's a blast. Now, but I just did a sketch show with Sue Gillen, or just a, about a year or so ago. I had a great time doing that, too. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens at the beginning of TJ and Dave? The lights go down, they come up, and it's just you two standing there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the silence is a couple seconds, sometimes it's longer. Interminable. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we're just trying to figure out where we are. I think the difference is we kind of look at... Uh, um, look at it as trying to figure out what's already happening rather than, uh, oh, what what are we going to make this? Or coming in with ideas like, uh, today I'm going to, regardless of what he's doing, I'm going to be a caddy. You know? <laughs> right. um, and so if we don't come in with that, we, fortunately none of that's required. Nobody's going to do that to us. Mm -hmm. And nobody's going to come and save us or mm -hmm. help us um, or fix what we're fucking up. So... We're, we're all to our own devices, and we're left to our own devices, but I think there's this fundamental trust in improvisation in general that if we do what we're asked to do, which is the same stuff that Del was talking about. I mean, I'm still trying to do the same stuff that we were working on 25 years ago, and that is just to pay attention to the next little moment and honest, respond honestly to this, this moment. The rest of it will take care of itself. How do you get there? Uh, well, I, th I think uh, um, to trust that that's going to occur, mm -hmm. um, to try it. You just try it and it works. If you, but you need to be doing it with somebody who's not going to bail on you. Um, I don't know if you got that person tonight. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you do How either. many bad shows did you do with TJ and Tave until you got to the level that you're at? One. Are you serious? I am. You know, you know what I find funny about, not funny in a funny way, but your TJ is, is much more negative about shows. Would you say afterwards? I would not say that. Okay. Then uh, I am? Yes. I would not say that. So what happens after a TJ and Dave show? We uh, 
flog ourselves. Really? <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you talk about what Yeah, happened? we go over the, the whole show, and, and usually it's we, uh, we find that it could have improved if we had paid closer attention. That's almost always the cure for mm-hmm. whatever went wrong is we weren't quite paying attention. Or an initiation was not... Um, obvious enough to the other person and usually the reason that it's not obvious enough is because I didn't believe it doing it because if I really believe it while I'm doing it it's going to be very clear to you if it's foggy to me it's going to be foggy to you so oh that's interesting so um, a lot of times I just want to blame the other person that they didn't pick it up (laughs) and I teach the stuff that's really nice Um, but it's really the person that initiates it, if they're not believing it or they're not committed to it, and the other person doesn't pick it there's up. There's no way they can understand it because there's nothing clear to understand. Oh, Dave. I still want to blame and be a victim. All right. So. Uh, one thing about TJ, the, 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 we have this weird way of communicating that doesn't make any sense. Joel Murray and I had it, but we knew each other. We were roommates. We traveled right. around together. We'd known each other for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so we have a way of communicating. TJ and I, from the very beginning, it's very strange. Doesn't make any sense. On stage and off stage. On stage. I don't spend any time with them off stage. Is that true? Almost. Okay. <laughs> we don't spend much time together. I mean, when the first year of the show, I used to say I, I know him. We do an hour a week. You know, I've known him for fifty hours. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, we. Well, you're two different personalities. I mean, you know, and he he's doing shows all the time, and you know, you you're uh, you've got a family and stuff like that. I'm not doing shows all the time. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it's exactly what I'm saying. Why don't let's improvise? Okay. No suggestion? I don't care. Mm. <laughs> no suggestion. Uh, Emily, take the lights down and we'll go from there. Since they got free rides on the CTA, I'm like, it's even now. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, a guy told me Ron Sano stood up for him. A young guy, Ron Sano, stood up and shook his hand. Ron Sano had no legs. (laughs) So he figured it out. Look, Ron Sano can get up, I can fucking get up. I no legs gets up. No legs. <laughs> you make it sound like it, like that's such a great thing. He had a couple canes. I'm sure he could brace himself on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like he walked across water. <laughs> what, 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 what is going on with you today? What a hard heart. 
<laughs> trying to be trying to be more uh, trying to increase my circle of empathy. Is reading some fucking book. <laughs> that's how you measure a man's something that if you increase your circle like it, some people can only feel for themselves and then others can feel for themselves and their close friends and then other feel the larger the circle is the greater the person you are or something like that so I'm trying it's all fucking fake <laughs> give a shit well you, you're not buying the concept no but yeah it doesn't matter if I buy it or not I'm mean, giving give it a shot see what happens I don't know yeah, I don't buy it, quite frankly. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. I, I, I don't believe that. That just because I supposedly care for some kid in India, that I'm a better person? No. I'm not a better person. Than what? Than you? No. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> than you who won't stand up for a crippled old lady? No, I'm not better than you. Yeah, I'm better than you. <laughs> My dog is <ate> squirrel. <laughs> ate the whole thing whole, huh? Well, ate it, ripped it around, you know, whipped it around, killed it. Didn't eat it. I mean, bit it, killed it, left it. Cause I yanked at it. Well, that's why yeah. it was. He was reacting to how you treated him. No, I mean I went to. I went up and grabbed him after he had the squirrel. I pulled him away. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had no compassion for the squirrel. No, it doesn't sound like <laughs> it doesn't sound like you had compassion for the dog either. Oh yeah, I was kind of like, yeah, where'd you go? Like under my breath, because there was a guy there feeding squirrels. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I felt ashamed that I was proud of my dog for killing one of the things he was feeding. Do you find uh, the positive in anything? Yeah, that. I just found the positive in that. Way to go, dog. <laughs> I found the positive in that. It was doing what it's supposed to do. It's designed to go kill smaller things. <laughs> what if I am? <laughs> wonder if you are? Yeah, you know, you wonder. Don't you wonder about that? I mean, the, if it was all just a natural world instead of this artificial thing that we live in. If it was just an I'm supposed to kill things smaller than me. I'm supposed to kill things. And it's easier if they kill things smaller than me. Is this part of the expanding your circle? Because <laughs> I think it's bringing the circle smaller. Yeah. yeah, I think this kind of stuff prevents me from enlarging no. my circle. Enlarging? <laughs> That's not right. Enlarging. Enlarging. Yeah, sorry. No. You got two fifty for the bus? Yeah, yeah. Got, I mean, you got an extra two fifty. Yeah, I, I'll give you my card, and then you put it in, and just hand it back. To oh, me. okay, cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Let my my wallet. Stupid. I put, you know, I do that. You ever do that? Rearrange, you know, have yeah. different wallets, yes. different stuff. Yeah. Forgot to put this 
this card back in this wall. It's probably right on your desk. Oh somewhere. yeah, I know yeah, where. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just not in my pocket. <laughs> no, there'll be no problem. I'll just put the card in there, get it back in. Yeah. Could be a good movie, huh? Yeah. I like movies That's, in the daytime. I do too. You know why? Plenty of seats. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nobody's rattling. No shit. Jerry Yeah. Man, they should make louder rappers. <laughs> movie candy. Movie yeah. candy. Yes. Movie candy. Yep. Make it out of tissue. Right. <laughs> and then you know what? They should have drinks that, that, that sucking sound is even louder, like little speakers on the cup. <laughs> yeah. And insist that people eat with their mouths open. Yes, yeah. that's a good one. Oh, maybe uh, the corn nuts. That'd be louder. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm going to section for people who just talk during movies, uh -huh. like they're at Starbucks. Yeah, and we'll call it, yep, this is your living room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, this yeah. is your living room. Yeah. They love hearing from you, the yeah. people on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's good to see you laughing, because you've been so down the last couple of years. <laughs> you know what? You'll find a job that I'm fits not, your qualifications. I had a job that fit my qualifications, and then they found out. <laughs> <laughs> I went through your resume, and I told you that, that that's a blatant lie. I guess you gotta have hope that something will work. You know, it'll all work out. It'll all work out. It'll all work out. Everything works out for the best. I wanna punch those people. <laughs> you have to think that. You have to think it's gonna work out, otherwise you just suck on a gun, right? Right. <laughs> Honestly thought, folks, it's never going to work out. Try to get up then. <laughs> Nothing's ever going to work out. Yeah, yeah get out of bed, though. <laughs> Carl, don't bring this up with a job interview. Oh, no, Leave I won't. This. No, Leave I this. know okay. enough. I know right. that much. Okay. God, I can lie. I know that. I mean, some of the stuff you put on there was just like scuba diving. I scuba dive. You scuba dive? I have scuba dive. Okay, when did you scuba dive? Yeah. It was in a pool. <laughs> One of those resorts down in Florida. Was it scuba or was no, it more no. snorkeling? Yeah. No, there was a no, there was breathing, but it was a hose to the top. <laughs> it was underwater breathing, which is self-contained underwater breathing apparatus, which is what it was. It wasn't tanks. That's what scuba stands for, self-contained underwater breathing. <laughs> it's not a lie. High lie is a lie. High lie was a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Val Victoria? Yeah. I should spell it correctly. <laughs> they can check that. Stuff. I know, yeah, but they're not gonna. Who the fuck? You're gonna go to my high school yearbook and look it up? They can find all that stuff on Facebook now. 
how I liked my job, or that I was proud of it, but not having it, I feel like a fucking loser. Well, it's not easy on me. No. I'm taking days off so I can hang out with you. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid that you're going to go into deep depression. I, that's going to happen anyway. Okay. <laughs> I don't want you to lose your job. Don't lose your job. I couldn't, no. I don't want to be held responsible for you losing your job. Really? Yeah. Really? Honestly, that's truth. I don't want to be held responsible for you losing your job. You won't feel better if I lose my job and we're both unemployed? Little. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would feel yeah. a little parody. I do have a, yeah, the truth is I have a little envy that you still have your job. I don't think you're more qualified than I am to be employed. At your job, yes. But just in general, the one who's employed, one who's not employed, I don't know that you, you that I, don't, I guess it doesn't have to do with deserving. But, yeah, there's a little, <laughs> a little of that going on all the time. Like, and just like that? Yes. You just got to get You are so funny sometimes, you know that? I mean, for somebody who is so smart and so creative, you're just, you're nuts sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see people screaming at the sky, and I think, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's, that seems to be the proper reaction. <laughs> I like envy. That's, there's some envy there, too. Man, I wish I could just fucking cut loose like that. Just start screaming at the sky. Or an imaginary train. <laughs> What's holding you back? Uh, a vague sense of decorum. <laughs> that there be like if I did that, I still care. I guess I still, I still care a little bit about what people think. I wish that would go away. <laughs> I think you'd feel better. Well, what? If you if you did if you screamed at the sky or a train, imaginary train or something. Gotta have an imaginary train to yell at. Yeah, it might be, but I don't see. If I see it, I'll fucking yell. You at the train. Want, I'll say, "Look out, train!" I'm not gonna say, "Look out, train!" You know when I don't see a train, that's crazy. <laughs> every time I try no, to help, fuck me, Carl. Yes, every time I try to help you, you 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 resist it. I'm not. That's I'm not resisting help. I said it just doesn't fit. That's all. Okay. I can't say it fits. That's all. Okay. I can't say it fits if it doesn't fit. Oh, now, now you're going to tell the truth? Yeah. yeah. I'm the only people I'm lying to. The people who are potentially going to give me a job, I'm not lying to you. I'm not lying to you. Thanks, Carl. I appreciate that. I really do. I, I thought you just lied to everybody. No, I don't lie to everybody. You, you, have you ever caught me in a lie? I'm not that smart that you wouldn't catch me. When we were in college. Yeah? Remember that? 
and, and you said, I need $40 for the cat, I give you $40. Okay. okay, okay, I have lots, but like in the last while. The last while. Okay, well, the last you, while, that's like 10 years. Oh, 10 years. Um, yes. Your first wife. Oh. Do you remember this? Okay, your first wife, you said, meet me at the church, I want you to be the best man. And then when you got there, you made your brother the best man, and you said... He's my brother. <laughs> He's my brother. I can't succumb. He's my brother who's going to beat me up. <laughs> You're a groomsman? Were you a groomsman, or were you not I, a groomsman? I was, a gro I was an usher. Oh, I thought you were supposed to be a groomsman. I was supposed to be a groomsman. <laughs> But your father said that you, your other brother was going to be a groomsman, and then... Uh, I wouldn't take that from him. That's not on me. That's on you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever, think, you ever think to yourself, why am I friends with somebody? Do you ever think that? I don't think I ever have. Okay. What do you mean? Why am I friends? Like, like why, are, why are we friends? Oh. Besides time, why are we friends? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a great question. I guess I should ask that every day. <laughs> of everyone, right? Is that what you're saying? Are yeah. you getting some Zen thing on me? Like every day I should evaluate everything. Right? <clears throat> nothing's nothing's perfect. Only now. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> Don't drag the past into the present. No, live in the, in the now. Right. Because you can expand. Who are you? Yes. Why are we having this conversation right now at this very moment? Because we seem to have some sort of connection and we're in this similar location. <laughs> in That was great. How did you feel about it? I enjoyed those two. Did you? <laughs> now, for me, that was like that was really a long scene, and you have like great focus and great energy. I was like, I was like, oh, I had to... getting tired. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do for your stamina, honestly? Well, it's just you're not used to it. No, that's all. Okay. Because most times that would never go on that long in any most situations, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somebody would come in and fix it. Right, right. We would have been edited about six times it's by somebody coming in to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> no. What do you mean by that? I, I, they, they, I mean, most of the, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times people are actually coming in to fix it, which presupposes it needs fixing. So what, when do you think it's okay for people to come in? Oh, editing is great. Or okay. just adding something that's required and then moving on. That's a, kind of what, that's all. Now, okay, so we've done this scene. What would, if we went backstage, what would we talk about? What would you have said? Um, I would have asked you if that was correct that we were out, out of doors. After you passed me at the very beginning, we saw, we looked at each other. There right. was some sort of, we knew each other. I would, we'd go, I'd go ask if this was correct. Okay. That we knew each other, um, that we were, um, there was a little bit of tension between us. Uh-huh. And that perhaps 
status, higher status, you were giving me higher status. Okay. Then you passed me and sat on a bench, a look to be a bench, and looked to me to be outside. Mm-hmm. Was that correct? Um, I thought originally that we were, until you said a bus, I thought we could have been in, we were indoors somewhere. Okay. okay. Where were we indoors? Well, like what kind of place? I thought like we were, we could have been uh, like in a, uh, a waiting room somewhere. Uh, that was like the first thought. Oh, like a hospital or something? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But did you, this was something that Dell had, had, this is what I had gotten from Dell. Did you, the concept of the third or second choice, the third choice? Right. Can you explain it? Yeah, I think it's um, to discard the first thing that comes right. to mind and then move on to the second, whereas where the first would be understood. And then, so. Uh, or the first was the obvious choice. The first was, but also it comes from the missing joke, right? right? So, um, uh, so let's say it's this uh, sequence black, house. So you just say house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, it would go black, then somebody would say white, and then you'd say house. So the white would be missing, mm-hmm. and you just say the connection to the thing that's no, that everyone understands isn't there. So uh, similarly, in, in scenes, right, you don't necessarily use the first thing, but the, the op, you don't use the most obvious. You don't use something that merely declares right. because it's not as helpful. Mm-hmm. So, and you guys also, like, I use names, so I felt like, you know, calling you Carl. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've heard, like, you and TJ, when you guys work together, you aren't defining the relationship. You're not, you're, you're letting it evolve and letting it breathe. Is that right? Um, as, it, as it becomes clearer to, it's like, uh, right, we're not defining it. We're just trying to understand what it already is. So it's honestly kind of a different way to look at it, whereas... Uh, what are we going to make this as opposed to what is this already? Mm-hmm. And as as information becomes available to us, we un, we make it known to each other that we now know this about ourselves right. or whatever. Um, so it's like Dell's thing was always happening in here, right? It, the scene was already out here, and the... I don't I don't remember him talking about okay. this, about the idea that. Uh, he, but also at the beginning, nothing happens until we look at one another. Mm-hmm. Just like here, there's right. no information. Like the thing is about in a, an acting scene, you can spend your whole time not looking at one another because you know what the words are. You've already rehearsed it. You've been directed to do mm-hmm. certain things. So you don't have to. But in this, you have to. Otherwise, there's no information being. You have no information about the other person, and you're hosed. You're completely hosed. We're going to take some questions from the audience. Okay. Uh, uh, so, uh, Emily, if you could hit the, the lights. Beautiful. Um, and so, uh, questions for, for Dave or what we just did. Yes. Uh, hello. Um, do you have a golden rule for yourself? For some kind, yeah, some kind of golden rule for performing, doing improv? I, I'm not sure I understand. Um, oh. Like, uh, something you always remember, like... Um, you know, like be true to yourself or something that you've learned over the years, something that's stuck with you that's that you like that you say for yourself or something you've created for yourself. Yeah, I guess it's a combination of things, but uh, most of the ideas that Dell was talking about that always play at the top of your intelligence um, respond honestly. And that's something like that. And if I can remember that, yeah. And also, you want to be here. 
to remind myself, oh, you want to be here. <clears throat> Sometimes I forget. And if you don't, but you t you've taken a lot of long, like long, you, you've always traveled, you always take breaks. If you don't want to be here, you, does that help you be here? Like taking breaks and that? No, I mean within the scene. Okay. I mean, I would mean, uh, I want to be in this scene. It, okay. It, the scenes go better when people want to be there. Okay. Um, and we, most of these things are just because there's better rates of, uh, they're easier. They seem to go better. The scene seems to go better when you behave. What's a scene, Dave, where people don't want to be here? Can you give me an example? Like people who hate each other? Okay. I'll leave. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yes. Well, I had a question about what you were talking about earlier with the games and the Herald uh, and in terms of, you know, people who will uh, kind of, you know, fist fuck their idea down, down everyone else's throats. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and how, how do you, uh, how, how would you, do you have any like feedback or advice on how to navigate that? Like, especially when you're in class and you know, you're not in an ensemble where you can, you know, it's not as easy to kind of pull people aside who are doing that. I, I don't have any advice. Um, but as soon as you can, get away from those people. <laughs> and really, as I said earlier, to find people that are interested in the same kinds of things that you're interested in. Otherwise, you can't, you can't. At, head towards that goal. If you got some people that just aren't interested in that, there's you know some people. All these things are fine to do. Uh, somebody who just wants to be funny, that's great. Um, but it's not going to be helpful to a longer scene. So if you're interested in longer scenes, you're really going to have a hard time with somebody who's not interested in these things. That's all. And, and do you feel like when the games are going well, do you feel like uh, like they do really add to um, to like kind of uh, generating ideas for the scenes or, or do you just prefer do you think it just is better no the games I think are fine but I, we, I think we were just talking about these, these this catalog of uh, games that aren't necessarily uh, organic to the show that we're already doing right um, there are these you know list of group games that you'll just grab one of those and slug it in and for no real reason but um, I, those I think those games have a great Value in in a herald itself is to get people together, is to change the energy, um, and usually they're the ones that work best are these. Uh, they're called we can call them a game, but it's just a big group activity that is organic to the show that we're already in. Yes, uh, I've seen you improvise when you come from doing a, a stage performance. And I saw you with, with Tracy Letts when he was coming from Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Is there anything, first, is there any carryover emotionally after you've done a play and the play's over for that night? And how do you deal with that on your way to do another performance? Um, yes, there is carryover. And I think a lot of it is like, uh, some of it is, is just the kinds of, for me, it's a, a, uh, a when you're working on a, when I'm working on a play, there's usually specific language to the play, and so there's certain meters and stuff that you get used to, and you're doing that eight times a week. You're only doing this once, and so some of those meters uh, and rhythms tend to carry over. Not not that I not so much that I notice emotionally, because I'm I personally don't do a lot of uh, emotionally demanding stage work. Um, uh, but I like coming from Virginia Woolf. I think it's a nice respite too, from from uh, from doing draining stuff. You come here and it's just, it's you, you do a show and it's it's uh, lighter. 
So you know, it's a it's a a nice vacation from doing difficult promotional stuff. How do you go to bed? I mean, the show's at 11 o'clock Wednesday at I.O. It's done at about midnight. Now, <laughs> how do you unwind? Well, also, I, I always uh, drink about three or four espressos before a show. Okay. And uh, so that's what I have a hard time unwinding. So from. the show's done. You gotta, you gotta, I would imagine if it's a great show, you've got a performance high. And so... It's when never... You, the, nice, the nice thing is, it's never a great show. Okay. Great. <laughs> Um, so how do you unwind? And what time do you go to bed? About three thirty or four. And then is when is Thursday? Thursday? Just... No, Thursday's okay. Thursday evening and Friday are a little rough. It doesn't hit me till the next. Okay, evening. so it's like it's uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you know when to end the scene? Just now? Just now? Yeah. She, Emily, <laughs> we've, we've, we've done this show for 10 weeks. We haven't gotten a question for Emily, but well, Emily, how'd you know? Um, I guess that, that call right there was something that was funny to me because uh, they're sitting down talking about creating a scene and a conversation, and that's what he said in the scene. We're organically in this moment, and we're talking about it. And I thought that was really clever. And you guys responded as well. So I, I, I took it as a call. So. Seemed like a good one. Yeah. By the way, Emily will be a uh, guest in two weeks. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yes, one more question? Uh, yeah, as a student, I, the thing that sort of keeps me hungry and keep coming back for more these occasional moments of realization where something really kind of blows my mind at, at this point in your career, do you still have those? Absolutely. And it's the same for me. It's the same thing. It's what keeps me continuing to. Uh-huh. And it's the same stuff that, uh, like I said before, I'm still trying to do the same stuff that I was trying to do 25 years ago. <laughs> well, there's got to be nice, Dave, beyond the humility, because you have a lot. I don't have any. So, so I, uh, that there's nights where you feel like, this is this that was, was great. Real, yeah, that okay. was real fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, how many shows does it usually take to get back to that feeling? Well, uh, I, you know, they're not that frequent, and I think I, no, they're not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. There's little moments in every show, I think, that are um, can be spectacular. And the fun part of it is, is stuff happens that you never would have dreamed would have occurred. You know, things are said or situations occur. I was telling a friend of mine, he has asked me how the show went, and I go, man, this one guy, I was weird. This one guy ended up killing himself. And he's like, you're, that's, um, that's you, right? You're talking about, so, but it's not. It's not. It's like we're going along, too. It's like we are as surprised as what, at what happens is. But isn't that, isn't that some, something in our subconscious? Isn't that part of it? That character? Aren't we... Part of characters that we play. On oh, stage? absolutely, absolutely, okay. yeah, right. Okay. But it's also like I, I wouldn't have dreamed that it would have ended up over here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're starting out just these two guys at a campsite, and all of a sudden, there's a hatchet in somebody's <laughs> head. Uh, wow, that's, that was crazy. And yes, we are doing it also, mm-hmm. and and we're doing it, and yet we're also just watching it. We're, we're, we're participants in it, but we're also observing it. What I, I love about your work is, is seeing some of your, your stage acting when they give you a script, and it seems so uh, natural and so improvisational. And, and I read that you only took like one acting class. It was like a scene study class. Yes. Yeah. 
How how have I, you... I, I, I did take one other acting class, and I looked around, and Willie Galt was in it at the time. <laughs> do you remember where you were taking it? I do. And I, was, and I looked around, and Willie Galt was in it, and I'm going, somebody here is not in the right room. <laughs> and, I, and I did not go back. Um, how have you... And Willie Galt's done quite well. But it was, it was like, oh, okay, this is who... I, I don't, I'm probably not going to get much out of this. So what, have, how, so what have you taken from improvisation? When you get a script, how do you apply what you've learned over all these years? Well, I guess the thing is to just that, to try to make it look like it's you're just coming up with it. And I think the... <laughs> one, one of the ways to do that is not really learn the script all that well. Oh, improvisers, <laughs> improvisers, you're going to love to hear no, that. Yeah. So you, I, I end up coming up with all the words, but it's always a, a guessing game as to whether or not I will. Even when you do shows at Seven, aren't they very like you got to learn every word? Oh, and I do. I do every word. Okay. But I don't always know I'm going to do every word because I just really I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> wow, that is. <laughs> It's fun. Yeah, it sounds like it. it I sounds... remember the first time I did a play. The, 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 what was the play? The play was uh, Chicago Conspiracy Trial. Which you you played Abby Hoffman. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, the after during previews, the stage manager, Puff, came down with a stack of line notes. They give you these notes. Well, here's the line that you said. Here's what you were supposed to have said. And there's a stack of them. And I thought, uh, she was joking. Because I've only done Second City and improvisation. It's like, oh, yeah, it's pretty close on everything. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really how we do it here. Well, Dave, thank you so much you. For, for, for being our guest tonight. Uh, uh, next week, we've got uh, TJ Jagodowski. Oh, Anything we need to know about TJ? You'll enjoy yourselves. He'll be very good. All right. Uh, let's give Dave a hand. Well, there you have it. Oh, I got to tell you something. I love that show. And, and I was scared of Dave. Before I went on, I was really, really nervous. Of all the guests we've had, this, this, this is the one uh, that really made me the, the scaredest. Uh, Dave has this wonderful intensity that can just scare you. And I, I think it really works on stage and I think probably in life. Uh, if you're in Chicago, you have to check out TJ and Dave. It's on Wednesday nights at 11 p.m. at I.O., or, or when they're in New York at the Barrow Street Theater. Uh, that's it for our podcast. I want to thank my producer, Ben Caprero, the good people at Stage 773 here in Chicago. And if you want to know more about Improv Nerd or classes I teach, The Artist Low Comedy, go to jimmycorain.com. And, of course, like us on Facebook as Improv Nerd. And until next time, remember, walk, don't run. <laughs>